Let's stand together as we join together in, in reading the passage of Scripture for today. We'll be looking at Matthew chapter 28, verse 11 through 15, and we've printed that passage for you. Let's read together. Now, as the women were on their way, some of the guards came into the city and told the chief priest everything that had happened. They met with the elders and decided to give a large sum of money to the soldiers. They told them, Say that Jesus' disciples came at night and stole his body while they were sleeping. And if the governor hears about this, we will take care of it with him, so you will have nothing to worry about. So the soldiers took the money and did as they were told. And this report has spread throughout all of Judea to this very day. I'm not going to say this is the word of God for the people of God. That will come a little bit later. Please be seated. I invite you to open your hearts to hear what God might have to reveal to us this morning. If you lived in Jerusalem that very first Easter, you would have turned on the evening news at the end of the day and you would have heard one of these two scenarios. Good evening and welcome to Jerusalem News. Early this morning, just before dawn, a sad and scandalous act of violence took place in a local cemetery. Men believed to be Jesus' disciples, still reeling from the demise of their leader, forcefully overtook the guards protecting the tomb and stole the body of Jesus. The guards immediately reported the theft to the temple authorities. It was crazy, one of them said. They came up from behind us and started beating us with clubs. It was obvious they were not going to stop. The last thing I remember, one of them said, was being struck between the eyes, and when I woke up, they were gone, and they had taken the body. All week long, Jesus had been telling people he would rise on the third day. His claims have been dismissed by most reasonable people, but it is believed that this false claim is at the heart of the, the motivation behind these acts of these desperate men. What they plan to do with the body remains in question. They cannot produce it for public scrutiny. That would simply prove their claims of a resurrection to be false. Obviously, they only have one option, and that is to somehow dispose of the body and go on, go on advancing this false narrative that he somehow rose from the tomb, thus explaining his absence. While we certainly understand the grief these individuals must be feeling, it is sad and shocking that they would resort to such an act of deception and violence against innocent guards. If you see any of them, please report their location to the authorities immediately. They are desperate and potentially dangerous. We regret the fact that anyone had to die in the recent crucifixions. But now is the time to accept their death, come together, and move on. Or we might have heard this. Good evening and welcome to Jerusalem News. Early this morning, just before dawn, the most amazing thing happened. Jesus, the Jewish rabbi that was crucified last Friday afternoon, 
rose from the grave. Yes, you heard that right. We first learned of the miraculous event through the eyewitness testimony of two local women, Mary Magdalene and another woman named Mary, who went to the tomb to take care of the, the ceremonial burial rites. To their amazement, when they arrived, the large stone in front of the tomb was rolled away and the body of Jesus was gone. They described the presence of a man dressed in white standing next to the tomb. The man is quoted as saying, I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified, but he isn't here. The man went on to say, he's been raised from the dead, just as he said. He then invited them into the tomb area where they were able to see for themselves that he was indeed gone. One of the women reported actually seeing Jesus standing off to one side in the garden. At first she didn't recognize him, but as she approached him, he called her name. And it became clear that it was indeed Jesus. Later this afternoon, Jesus was seen by several of the disciples who again verified the accuracy of this story. Jesus had mentioned the possibility of his return, but not many local residents expected it to happen. If this is indeed true, as we have every reason to believe it is, the world as we know it will never be the same. Jesus is no longer some fly-by-night preacher, but to quote one of the guards at the crucifixion, surely this man is the Son of God. Good night and goodbye. One of those scenarios is good news. One of those scenarios is fake news. It's very important that we understand the difference. You know, we hear a lot about fake news today, don't we? Uh, we used to watch the, the news on television or read the news in a paper, and we just, it was the news, we accepted it. But nowadays, with so many news outlets and the internet and blogs and, and all the social media, now we don't we can't just watch the news. We have to decipher the news. We've got to decide which is real news and which is fake news. We only recently started calling it fake news, but it has been around for a long, long time. It didn't start with the 2016 presidential election. We find it even in the recorded story, an account of Jesus' death and what followed. You see, in Matthew chapter 28, at the beginning of the chapter, is some good news. At the end of the chapter, there's some fake news. It's important to know which is which. Today's Easter Sunday. We come as the church to reflect on a bold and audacious claim that Jesus Christ was crucified on Friday, was buried on the third day on Sunday morning, sometime in the wee hours of Sunday morning, God decided to move in a miraculous way. And God took that body that was in the tomb, lifeless body, and, and he breathed air into those lungs. And that body, Jesus, inhaled. And then he exhaled. And, and the blood in Jesus' veins 
that was all but gone began to, to flow again through his veins and in his heart. And those muscles that were dormant now began to move. And Jesus came out of that tomb. And it's the miraculous event that we call the resurrection of the dead. The resurrection of Christ. And this morning, you and I have to come with a stark reality. That is either good news or that is fake news. And this is one of those news events that we can't straddle the fence. We have to make a decision one way or another. And I'm here to tell you it's the most important decision you'll ever make. This morning, half the world believes this is fake news. The other half of the world believes that it's good news. Still others aren't sure. And even though they might believe it, they don't think it's all that important. Nothing in life is more important than this claim by Jesus Christ. Now, the fake news proponents have, throughout the years, have made some pretty clever attempts to explain away the resurrection. First of all, they, they say that the whole thing was a scam that Jesus was in on and that Jesus never actually died on the cross. But it was all pre-planned ahead of time that Jesus was going to pass out, grow, become unconscious. They were going to take him off the cross, bury him, and in the coolness of the tomb, his... his almost lifeless body but still alive would be resuscitated and he would come out and announce to everybody that he was alive. But he never actually died. Scholars have debunked that theory pretty, uh, pretty effectively. Uh, they have cons- cons- come to the determination that there's no possible way that Jesus could have survived all the beatings prior to the cross but much less on top of that the trauma of the crucifixion. Pilate went out of his way to make sure that Jesus did not come down from that cross until he was very much dead. The religious officials who were threatened by his message, they did not take any chance whatsoever. Jesus was not coming down from that cross until they were absolutely sure he was dead. Pilate ordered a soldier to stick the spear in his side as one final proof. Jesus was not coming down as long as there was a single breath in his body. But let's assume for just a minute, let's go with this. Let's assume that that theory is true. That Jesus really didn't die, but he he was revived in the tomb and came out and announced that he's alive. Let's go with that for just a minute. Imagine the outcry that would have happened a few years later when Jesus really did die. He would have been proved a scam and a charlatan, and any movement that he had started would have died in an instant. It just doesn't hold water. Well, the fake news proponents... Uh, another theory is that the disciples were in on the scam the whole time. They knew it was a lie. 
but they continued to preach the resurrection as though it were true. Now, to believe that, we have to believe that this group of men would devote the rest of their life to endure incredible torture and persecution and imprisonment and eventually violent death, all to perpetuate what they knew all along was a lie. That's not very plausible. I mean, consider the life that they experienced after the crucifixion. Peter spent the rest of his life proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. And what happened to him? He was crucified. And the story goes that he requested to be crucified upside down because he wasn't worthy to be crucified in the same manner as the Lord. Andrew spent all his life preaching the gospel, and yet he was offered freedom from torture if he would renounce Christ. He wouldn't do it. So instead, rather than nailing him to the cross, he was beaten severely, and he was tied to the cross so that his death through suffocation would, would be dragged out. It would take a longer time. And for two days, he hung on the cross, tied to it, the whole time telling passers-by about the truth of Jesus Christ. James continued to proclaim the gospel. He was beheaded. Philip was scourged, thrown into prison, and later crucified. Bartholomew, a priest in several countries, included India. And as legend goes, he was skinned alive and then beheaded because of his faith. Thomas preached Christ throughout Greece and India, was martyred by the spear. James, who continued to preach until he was 94 years of age, experienced persecution the entire time and finally was beaten and stoned to death. Thaddeus was crucified. Simon was crucified. John, the only one who didn't meet a violent, brutal death, spent the remaining years of his life in exile on the island of Patmos where he died a life as an old man. The crucifixion left this group of men dejected, downhearted, hopeless, defeated. There is only one way to explain the life that they lived and the suffering they endured. It's because they had seen the risen Christ. They knew in their hearts, they knew from first-hand evidence that he was alive. So any theory that they perpetuated a scam is just nonsensical. Some of the fake news proponents say that, uh, believe that the scripture that we read just a moment ago is true, that the disciples stole the body and then preached to everybody that he was alive. Again, that's ludicrous. That expects... That would require us believing that they would give their lives to die for a known scam. The fake news proponents, another theory is that Roman soldiers themselves and and Rome officials stole the body and later disposed of it. Well, that makes absolutely no sense at all. If anything, Rome wanted to preserve the tomb to make sure the body didn't go anywhere so that that they would have evidence to prove to any religious nutcases who started talking about a resurrection, that Jesus was alive, that they could dispel that immediately. They had the body. All they'd have to do is roll it out and prove that he was dead. 
That theory makes no sense, that Rome would steal the body and dispose of it. One theory is that Mary was in shock and she really didn't see Jesus that morning. She was confused that she saw somebody else and she thought it was Jesus, but it was hopeful optimism on her part. Well, if that's true, how do you explain his appearance to the disciples later that afternoon? How do you explain the, uh, the following day his appearance to two men on the, on the road to Emmaus? How do you explain his appearance to over 500 people in different settings over the next few weeks? There's no logical explanation that holds water other than the truth that he arose. Lee Strobel, several years ago, wrote a little book called The Case for Christ. In fact, they've made a movie of that book now, and it's playing in local theaters, I believe, and you can go see that. And uh, I, I would recommend that. Lee Strobel was, uh, years ago, an investigative journalist reporter for the Chicago Tribune, and a staunch atheist. His wife became a Christian, and it just really, it just set him off. It was about to destroy his marriage, the tension between the two of them, her being a believer and him being an atheist. And and so he decided to, to spend two years utilizing his legal expertise and his journalistic skills to investigate the claims of Jesus regarding the resurrection and just the claims of Jesus, period, about his life. Here's what Lee Strobel said. He said, I used to consider the resurrection to be a laughable fairy tale. But after two years of systematic, honest inquiry, I emerged totally convinced and gave my life to Christ. And it turned a staunch atheist into a person today who's a powerful person pastor leading a great church. Several years ago, ABC's 2020 did a segment on the Shroud of Turin. You know the Shroud of Turin. It's that, uh, that cloth that many people believe might be the actual burial cloth of, of Jesus. Several years ago, a group of scientists were brought together uh, to analyze the Shroud. In that group of uh, scientists were, was a Jew, a Muslim, a Christian, non-believers, the whole gamut. They spent four years researching. And after four years, their report, their findings were written up in National Geographic. In the 2020 segment, one of the persons, one of the scientists interviewed was a, an Air Force colonel who was a specialist in laser technology. He started the project not only as a non-Christian, but a staunch anti-religious person. He felt religion was childish myth. Geraldo Rivera was one, the reporter, doing the story. And so he asked this, this uh, Air Force colonel, he said, now that you've spent four years on this project, what is your response? The response shocked Geraldo. But even more shocking was the fact that 2020 aired it. He looked at Geraldo Rivera and he said, after four years of research into the life and death of Jesus... I now fall on my knees and worship a resurrected Christ. Each of us has to decide if Christ's death and his resurrection is good news or if it is fake news. Let me tell you, if it is fake news, 
then none of this matters at all. If it's fake news, this church building doesn't matter. These hymnals don't matter. These beautiful windows, they don't matter. This pulpit that's been here all these years, it is only perpetuated a lie. The whole thing is a scam. And the best thing we ought to do is to get up out of here, leave this place, bulldoze this building, and never set foot on this side again because it has stood for over 100 years to perpetuate a lie. If this is fake news. And if this is fake news, our faith is grossly misplaced and we are fools, fools for following Jesus. Paul said the same thing in 1 Corinthians 15. He said, if Christ hasn't been raised, then our preaching is useless and your faith is useless and we are found to be false witnesses about God. If Christ has not been raised, then your faith is worthless. It is worthless. And you are still in your sins. Folks, if Christ is not raised, then we have no hope in this life. We have no hope in this life here. We have no hope in the life hereafter. Because if this is fake news, then everything that Christ said about life, forget it. It's not worthy of our attention. He's a scam. And if, fake, if this is fake news that everything that Jesus said about a life hereafter, forget it. It's nothing but an empty promise with no basis for us to believe. But I have some good news for you this morning. I can't make you believe it, but it's my responsibility to proclaim it. This is not fake news. The resurrection is true. Jesus did rise. And not only that, and this is the almost forgotten miracle of Easter day. Not only did he arise that Easter morning, but he is still with us this very moment through the presence of what we call the Holy Spirit. He is alive. And he is in here. And he is with us. And we can live life in Christ and Christ in us. Have you ever noticed the language of the New Testament when it talks about us as Christians and our relationship with Jesus? The language is very intentional. Seldom are we referred to as people who believe in Christ. Seldom are we referred to as people who study about Christ or worship Christ. You know what Paul uses? Christians are those who are in Christ. We are in Christ. And Christ is in us. The only way that's possible is for Jesus to be far more than some historical person that was resurrected, but that he is the Spirit of God present in the hearts and lives of all who know him. And that's an equally important miracle as the resurrection of what happened Easter Sunday morning. You see, the resurrection is good news. It is true today. And I can make that claim not only because of the presence of evidence, of which there's many, not just the presence of evidence, but, hear this, but because of the evidence of his presence. He is here. And all who know him and by faith trust him, 
You know exactly what I'm talking about. He is a power and a presence and a truth living in you and defining you and directing you to the point that you're willing to let him. Amen. Not we who live, but Christ who lives in us. Folks, because the resurrection is true, you can trust Christ with your life. Because the resurrection is true, you don't have to fear your own death or the death of your loved ones. Because death has been overcome, Maria. Because the resurrection is true, Jesus is proven to be the way to the Father, the one and only Son of God. Because the resurrection is true, your search for truth doesn't have to go anywhere else. It has come to an end. You don't have to look any further. If this is all fake news, then I hope you won't give it a second thought. But because it is good news, don't waste another second of your life before you embrace it and enter a relationship with this living Christ who died, who rose for searching people just like Well, a moment ago, I couldn't bring myself, when we read this portion of Matthew 28, I could not bring myself to stand here and say, this is the word of God for the people of God. I far prefer the testimony at the earlier part of the chapter. And so now, let's stand together and affirm what we know and believe to be The good news. It's in your insert. Take that insert out and let's read together. After the Sabbath, at dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to look at the tomb. Look, there was a great earthquake. For an angel came forth and looked down from heaven. Coming to the stone, he rolled it away and sat on it. Now his face was like lightning, and his clothes as white as snow. The guards were so terrified of him that they shook with fear and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Don't be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here because he's been raised from the dead just as he said. Folks, this is the word of God For the people of God, thanks be to God.